Hannah Staver, and this is Ohio Politics Explained, a podcast where you give us 15 minutes and we give you all the news you need to sound smart and impress your friends when you go out this weekend. Welcome back to another episode of Ohio Politics Explained, the You Better Get Registered to Vote edition. This week, we're talking about the governor's proposals to make having babies easier as Republicans plan to eliminate abortion access, why all eyes are on Toledo, how far abortion opponents actually want to go with new legislation, and we'll round it out with a friendly reminder to check your voter registration status. Joining me this week is reporter Haley B. Miller, who is fresh off the campaign trail with Tim Ryan and J.D. Vance. Good to be back. It's definitely that time of year. Yeah, it's pumpkin spice and candidates uh, canvassing the state. Yes, and wearing flannel for their campaign ads. Yeah. So our first topic is Governor Mike DeWine and his laundry list of ideas for Ohio state lawmakers. So let me set this up for you a bit. Republicans who control the state legislature are currently working out how far they want to go with a total abortion ban for the state. And it's almost certain that whatever they come up with, Mike DeWine will sign. So in the midst of all of this, DeWine has come out with a list of legal changes he says will help parents. He wants to eliminate sales tax on diapers, increase the income limit for mothers who get Medicaid, give state employees 12 weeks of paid parental leave instead of the six they currently get. And he says, well, his spokesperson said that these ideas aren't tied to the overturning of Roe v. Wade, but... Democrats don't really buy that. Yeah, this goes back to really a big debate that's been happening since Roe was overturned, which is that, you know, Democrats say Ohio is not a great place to live and raise a family, to have children. You know, they point to the fact that there's no universal paid leave guarantees. There's no universal pre-K, things like that. So they're seeing there's no universal kindergarten. Yeah. Fun fact of the day. Also that. So, you know, they they see this as DeWine trying to, you know, massage things a little bit before abortion is banned. Yeah. And they also say that, you know, these ideas look awfully familiar. So paid parental leave, increasing, you know, income guidelines for Medicaid mothers and children. Like these are all ideas that Democrats have been, well, they've been introducing for years. Yeah, you know, they've talked a lot about this. Um, you know, one of the things I saw that they introduced back in the day, too, was a tax credit for um, parents who have to buy infant formula. So, you know, I think for DeWine, you know, that's this is coming at a good time for him to bring all this up. He's running for re-election against former Dayton Mayor Nan Whaley, who's made abortion a big part of the campaign. DeWine hasn't really talked about it a lot and still doesn't really seem to want to, but... You know, especially for independent voters, people who might be in the more moderate part of the political spectrum, you know, he can point to all these things he's saying he wants to do to make lives easier for families. And, you know, that might help him even even among people who aren't thrilled with his abortion restrictions. Yeah. So our second topic is Toledo and the race for Ohio's 9th Congressional District. It's become a big deal for national Republicans and Democrats in recent weeks because, well, the 50-50 district looked like a probable Republican pickup this midterm, but now not so much. Yeah, this race has been wild. So Marcy Kaptur, a longtime Democrat, longest serving woman in Congress, actually, um, fun fact, she's running against Republican J.R. Majewski, who surprised everyone back in May when he won the GOP primary in that seat because he was up against a couple very well-established state lawmakers. But he got the Trump endorsement. Right. Yeah. Trump is supporting him. He gave Trump gave Majewski a bit of a shout out during one of his rallies in April. So, you know, both of them have been campaigning hard this summer. It's a tough district for capture now. It used to be a lot more democratic. 
And because of the general political environment favoring Republicans, it seemed like Majewski maybe had a shot. But then this big AP report came out last month saying that he had misrepresented his military service. Majewski is an Air Force veteran and he had made that a big part of his campaign, right? Right. Yeah. He's run campaign ads saying he's a combat veteran and things like that. And he said he was an Afghanistan vet. It came out that his records don't show that he was ever actually deployed to Afghanistan. He was deployed to another part of the Middle East. Qatar. Yes, Qatar. (laughs) Unloading planes and stuff like that, not really combat. So, you know, Democrats and other, some veterans groups are saying, you know, he he lied about his service. Um, Majewski denies that because the Air Force has said there's no way in his records to show one way or the other whether he went to... Whether he touched down. Right, right. Whether he actually, you know, ever like set foot in Afghanistan. So it's a big mess. It might help capture um, in these last few weeks. But Majewski and other Republicans supporting him are also doing the, oh, well, the media's lying yeah. strategy. So we'll see but, what happens. But the big national money Republicans pulled out, right? They pulled out their money from the, the from the race or their advertising. Yeah, the National Republican Congressional Committee was going to spend some money on behalf of Majewski. But as soon as the AP report came out, they were like, just kidding. <laughs> so so they, they must at least think there's some credibility to the, to the questions about his service record. Yeah, yeah, they seem concerned enough about it. So at this point, Majewski's on his own. The Democrats, outside Democrat groups are helping Captor because they really want to help her defend the seat. So she definitely has a little bit more of an advantage in this last month or so. And our third topic is the March for Life rally that took place in Columbus this week. You had politicians and lobbyists and some folks who have some pretty big influence with the conservative members of the state house show up. And they talked about what they want to see in that total abortion ban. So Representative Jenna Powell was there and she says she wants a law that says life begins at conception without exceptions. And that's basically as restrictive as you can get when it comes to abortion law. And there are those in her own party who have some reservations about that. Um, and the ways it might impact things like birth control and IVF. And just quickly, for those of you who don't know, IVF involves creating embryos outside a woman's womb and then implanting them. But because it's really expensive and everybody involved wants it to be successful, you use multiple eggs. And so sometimes there are extra embryos that like, you don't want to put four or five in because you don't want to have a multiple birth or some of those embryos aren't viable for a whole host of genetic reasons. And they end up being, well, I guess discarded. I'm not sure what the best word is. Is for that. But, you know, these personhood amendments that are showing up in, in lots of states could impact that because then it can become a crime to, like, not keep those embryos sort of frozen in perpetuity. Yeah, IVF providers have been sounding the alarm about this really, you know, since Roe was overturned. And I think another open question for Ohio's ban, too, is what exceptions are going to be in place. It seems like most Republicans are behind life of the mother exceptions at this point. There's a lot. There's still some division over whether cases for involving rape or incest should be exceptions as well, which would be notable. As we all know, there was a there was a 10 year old in Ohio earlier this year who went to Indiana to get an abortion. Yeah. So and she was a 
you know, a victim of rape. So, you know, Republicans are pretty tight lipped still with what they want to do because they want to get past the election first. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's important to keep in mind that they're not sort of monolithic in this. And, you know, like Jenna Powell represents one viewpoint, probably the most conservative viewpoint on this issue in the legislature. But you got folks like Matt Dolan and Stephanie Kunze who have voted against like heartbeat bills who have more moderate abortion positions. Mm-hmm. And you got a whole mix. So while they have a majority, I don't know that they yet have I guess, majority consensus on what this ban would look like. Right. And they have a month or so to figure it out. (laughs) After the election, their lame duck session starts. And as far as we know, they're going to be tackling the sun. Our fourth and final topic is the looming voter registration deadline. Ohio isn't a state where you can register to vote on Election Day. We have a cutoff. And this year, it's Tuesday, October 11th. Let me say that again. It's Tuesday, October 11th. If you aren't registered to vote by the end of day on Tuesday, you can't vote in the midterm. And if you're not sure if your voter registration is up to date, like maybe you moved, you should also check that out before the 11th. Right. And then another date of note to the next day, October 12th, is when early voting starts. And whether you early vote, whether you vote on Election Day, we would advise you to check which (laughs) district you live in now before you hit the ballot box because of the redistricting process that we saw. confusing. Yes. Like, districts got moved around a lot. You can check on the Secretary of State's website which congressional and legislative districts you're in. So definitely do that because you may not be voting for the same people you have in the past. Especially for state house races. Like, those got all kinds of changed around. So one more thing before you go. If you love the Circleville Pumpkin Show, you'll soon be able to show your support all year long. An official Pumpkin Show license plate goes on sale at the BMV on my birthday, November 3rd. It'll cost an extra 25 bucks, and the show itself will be in town the third week of October. Perfect companion for pumpkin donuts and pumpkin sloppy joes. Yeah, all the pumpkin things. So, and I hear often uh, political candidates come out. So it may be a real intersection of like politics and pumpkins. Ohio Politics Explained is brought to you by the USA Today Network Ohio Bureau. You can find us on Twitter at Ohio Explained. And if you want to learn more about any of the topics we've covered, check us out online at any of the newspapers in our network, like the Kent Record Courier. That's record-courier.com. 